The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, Feeling Other People's Pain and learning how to deal with it. Host Beth Green has always felt the world's pain and wanted to do something about it. She's tried to help, but how much has she succeeded? And what about you? Have you felt the pain of a parent who wasn't prepared to raise children, but had them anyway? Or the pain of a sibling competing with you for love or attention? Or the pain of a maiden aunt who felt alone, a cousin who was deformed and isolated, a neighbor who locked herself in the house with a bottle, or an insecure teacher mocked by mean kids? Have you felt the pain of the homeless, the mentally ill, or those subjected to discrimination or abuse? And when you have felt that pain, what do you tend to do? Shut yourself off and pretend not to notice? Jump in to take on everyone's fight? Try to fix it? Do you know how to deal with the world's pain without hurting yourself or others? That's the topic of this week's Inside Out. So call in or email and let Beth help you find the most productive way to deal with the world's pain without hurting yourself or others. Or afterward, join our post-show forum through Beth's host page. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hello there, everyone. I'm a combination of slightly terrified, very slightly terrified, and enthusiastic about doing this show. And the reason is, I don't think I've really got an answer for this one. So, (laughs) what I love about the show, though, is that as we talk with each other, and as you ask questions, it has always happened that something will come to me from divine guidance, and I get to learn along with you. So, I do hope that you call in today. I realize that for some of you, our e-card did not go out on time and so you may not be tuned in and you may not realize what we're talking about today but that's fine you can listen to the podcast later but for those of you who are with us please pick up that phone and call in because I'd really like to know what I have to say about this topic (laughs) and I won't know what it is until you're there so where do we begin? Well, let, let's just have James give you the phone number, and then I'm going to open my mouth and see what comes out. Okay, sounds good. If you'd like to call in with a comment or a question, please call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Now, I have been told by many people who are healers that I need to protect myself from picking up other people's feelings. I have told myself the same thing. In fact, being a little bit of an egotist myself, I always get annoyed when somebody tells me something I already know because I feel obligated to then convince them that I already knew this and that what they had to say to me was of no particular you know, novelty. So you, you figure out that one, why that's so important to my little ego. But anyway, evidently it is. 
So, uh, but really what it usually comes down to is I feel annoyed because I have tried so many things, you know, burn a candle, think violet, surround yourself with G, do this, do that, do the other thing. And I'm not still convinced that I've got this down. Now, I will not tell you, on the other hand, that I have made no progress. I think I have made a lot of progress. In fact, when I first had my psychic awakening, I found myself uh, in a situation where I was so crazed and freaked out by picking up everything on the cyclic level. I couldn't drive anymore because I could feel everything on the freeway. And if anyone knocked on the door, I fell into hysterical tears if I had to open it and let them in. And I don't do that anymore. Isn't that true, James? So um, I would say that I have made a lot of progress. And so let's look at this as a way to make more progress. And by the way, I'm not saying that the things that people suggest and that I have done don't work. But what do we do When the reality is that we are one and we feel one another's feelings, how do we even differentiate which feelings are ours other than a trick that I learned years ago, which was to ask myself, are these my feelings? And sometimes I'll get a yes and sometimes I get a no. And whose feelings are they? And that's a technique that I can share with you later on the program. And there are all kinds of things that I've done. But something still is awry as far as I'm concerned because what happens is not only do I suffer because I'm picking up people's pain and anxiety and don't even know it and it could be not just somebody in the room it could be somebody on the other side of the planet or I could be picking up the collective hysteria which is so common and very common especially these days as people are afraid that you know Islamic terrorists are going to behead them in their living rooms or whatever it is that we conjure up that is or is not real that we should be afraid of and so there you have it. It's not uh, simple, is it? And um, because there are so many places that we can be tuning in, but not only is it frazzling to feel those feelings, but in addition to that, I then become obsessed with fixing you so that I don't have to feel these negative energies anymore. And that just makes me totally obnoxious because I became become the world's police trying to ferret out every anxiety, pain, and negative feeling and try to fix it so I don't have to feel it. So with that little introduction, I am pleased to say that we have several callers already on the phone, three, in fact. So I'm sure they're going to have wonderful suggestions And I'm sure even more that they're going to have great questions. And let's see what we're going to discover together. So our first person is Corey from Louisiana. Oh, and Corey is the guy who wrote to us last week, sent a great quote. And I said, please never write again because I want you to call in. (laughs) And so here he is. So this is his first time calling in to Inside Out. Welcome, Corey from Louisiana. Well, thank you. Hi there. Yeah. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> isn't that Texas? Is that Louisiana? Isn't that just Texas? Howdy. Yeah, it's also uh, Calcom. Uh, the, the part of Florida I lived in, they said howdy too. So. Oh, I see. Okay. Great. So, Corey, what is your question? Well, I, um, something that's been bothering me for a while now is that I've vacillated between the concept that when something happens, whether it's, you know, something bad or difficult or a problem in the body, 
that it might be tied into a lesson of awareness. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the point where, well, where does someone let someone, someone having to go through their lesson versus what do I need to do to show up to help them? Mm. And I noticed that I might blanket out an entire situation because I, I can use that as a defense and say, oh, it's just like a homeless person. Oh, that's a lesson they're having to go through versus me actually taking the time and working with them or something. And, oh, uh, yes. So I would love clarity on that. Of, you know, what, you know what, how to, the best course of action with that. Well, uh, Corey, I actually do have something to share about that. I'm happy to say you've asked me a question. I have something to say. <laughs> okay. I love that. Um, well, the first thing that, I mean, what, the thing that I'd like to remind you of over and over and over and over, and I will say this again and again, and you'll say, oh, my God, can't this woman say anything new? <laughs> but what, what I'd like to share is over and over and over, is you cannot do the right thing for the wrong reason. And we are always, Corey, looking at the world from the outside, from the perspective of what is this going to accomplish. So that's what I mean when I say looking at it from the outside. We have an externalized view of reality. Okay, if I try to help this person, will this help them? Should I help them? What is this going to do for them? And that's very understandable because we are geared that way. However, if you, that leaves you with the undesirable need to have determined whether or not something is going to be nefe- necessary or efficacious before you do it. Now, if you look at the universe from an internal perspective, and by that I mean if you connect internally to your higher consciousness, it will guide you as to whether or not you need to do something for your evolution. If you are doing something because you are guided to do it because it will be for your evolution, then you don't have to ask any of the questions that you just asked. Because if you have that clarity in that moment, you will get that answer. Yes, I should do this or I should take this on. And I know that it is for my evolution. Now, I am not saying that if you do it, that you may not actually be being guided to do something that is going to have an impact on others and that that isn't in itself a good thing. But we cannot judge that because we cannot know that. And what that does is that leaves us in a state of constant anxiety about when to intervene and what not, when not to. And then we go into a state of measurement. Was my intervention useful? Now, again, this sounds a bit contradictory because, in fact, we do need to start observing when our, our interventions are effective. However, the reason that we do that is because if we find over and over that our interventions are not effective, dollars to donuts, they've been motivated from the wrong place in us to begin with. Because I have found that if I do follow that guidance about when to intervene, most of the time when I do that, there is an impact. I may not know exactly what that impact is, but I will feel it that there is an energetic shift. 
And that's where the oneness comes in so handy. Because as I am going through this energetic shift within myself in the process of doing this intervention, then the universe is changing with me and that person is being impacted by it as well. If I'm looking at it from the outside, I might say, well, that impact wasn't big enough. And that's my ego saying, I'm not getting enough gratification out of this. There's no juice to this. But if I'm sticking to that internal feeling, I will have a sense of an energetic shift, even if it is only me, but also knowing that there is no such thing as only me. Because the corollary of I feel everyone else's feelings is that they feel mine as well. So I hope that that was helpful to you in a very concrete way to let go of the ego-driven question about should I do this and should I do that, that's really being dominated by an agenda of accomplishment. And go inside you and say, okay, God, Lord, source, higher consciousness, whatever it is, the universal burp, am I supposed to do something here? And then what is it? And follow that. I I love that. Because um, what I also realize that even with me coming from the I am part, uh, coming from me, I wouldn't know then when to stop either. Well, you have Uh, to keep that. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I would just then be giving too much or whatever. Something would be out of balance or it shut them down or whatever. So I love that answer. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Well, thank you so much for Corey. Please call again and do call. You see, that was wonderful because you called and we got so much juice out of that. You've helped me already. And our next caller is Elizabeth from San Diego. Hi there. Hi there. Um, I don't know if I actually have a question. Um, I was actually trying to fight staying awake. <laughs> so, <laughs> Are you um, saying that Inside Out is putting you to sleep? I'm not saying that. I just know that <laughs> there's something going on within me that just makes me want to not want to hear what's going on. Most likely. <laughs> That's great. So, so I'm having a hard time thinking. Um, as far as avoiding pain, you know, I work in a nursing home, and so I'm around a lot of various types of pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if I've dealt with that with um, just kind of becoming numb Mm. okay well let me feel this uh through uh well and i kind of wonder is this is this the right area for me for today yes it is it really is it's an extremely good question and by the way i would like to share that we're going to be going to break soon and so you might have to stay on the line and we have several other callers hang on guys i will definitely get to you i'm so happy that you're calling In fact, we have a couple more callers who have never called Mm -hmm. before, so I'm so pleased. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to address Elizabeth's question first because this is so important. If I'm a child and I'm growing up in a family where there's a lot of distress, I am going to be experiencing the same thing. If I am visiting and trying to stay with a grandparent who's in physical pain as well as maybe feeling lonely, I'm going to feel the same thing. I don't think that you're numb because my intuitive sense is that you don't do numb very well. (laughs) But I do feel that there is something that you're doing instead. And um, 
it may be out on a limb for me to say this, but you know that's where what I do. I feel that you instead you get angry. And that you don't even know what you're angry about, but that the anger is a way of bouncing the energy off you. Mm. And you, your anger then could show up towards a coworker or towards the company you're working at or uh, your boyfriend or husband or life itself or Beth Green on Inside Out or anything. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't know how to uh, claim that inner space to actually be able to uh, handle this. And so do you understand what I'm saying is that the, you know, they say that depression is anger toward, turned inward, but you could also say that anger can be pain turned outward. I noticed something as I'm sharing this with you today that I was on a phone call with uh, several people five people today trying to get a cell phone issue worked out and every time we got to the point that it was getting worked out we got disconnected and I kept calling back and they are charging me for a service that I didn't have and I'm just furious right and I can't get back to the person who had me believing that she could solve my problem and I was getting more and more outraged and I believe that a lot of my outrage was because she actually felt pain. She understood what I was saying. She had no idea how to fix the problem. She mm-hmm. felt pain and frustration and upset herself. She was certainly aware of my pain. And so, and yet, she isn't allowed to say, oh, this is so painful, I can't stand it, and I don't know what to do. Her script says that she has to say, I'm terribly sorry for the inconvenience, but you're wrong, and this is why, and be polite, and she's holding all these emotions in, and I feel like my head is going to explode. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's part of it is my frustration, but part of it is hers, and how could I possibly forget that? So, um, Elizabeth... I am going to not ask you to hold on because I feel like I've answered your question directly, which is, no, you are not numb, and I think you are getting angry, and you're using that as a way of separating yourself from the pain that you are experiencing that you don't know how to deal with. And I trust that as we go on with this program today that we're going to come up with better suggestions. But I'm I'm glad you called, and and, uh, I hope that this was helpful to you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for calling. We are going to go to commercial break, and I'm asking you guys to hang in there with me. We have more calls, and we are going to come up with more answers because together we have more wisdom than we do alone. And I have more wisdom when I'm with you than when I'm sitting on the telephone being a complete maniac and hating myself for it. So hang in there. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. 
But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. I'd like to encourage you to call, even though we have a few callers. uh, We will have time for more. So do not hesitate to pick up that phone. And before we go on to our next caller, I'd like to make a comment on something that James brought up during the break and that it was very connected to what Corey was uh, starting his sharing with. He said, well, you know, the Hindus say that they, they say, well, that's their karma. Now, I'm not going to judge the Hindus or even assume that all Hindus say that. But I was very struck by what James brought up because in so many systems, we try to find ways of dealing with one another's pain. So I'm sure that in the Indian societies that there was so much suffering that people had to find some justification for it and so they said it was their karma and people were born into certain castes well and that's the the order of the universe and that's just the way it is but of course that's uh you know yes and that's no it's also a bit of nonsense it's also a way of disconnecting ourselves from what we should be doing and what we could be doing is what we were talking to Corey about. And it reminds me a little bit of, uh, in the Christian religion, the Calvinists, I believe, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the Calvinists said that prosperity and success was a sign that we we were uh, among the elect of God. So that we don't have to feel guilty about having more than other people because it obviously means that we're more more virtuous than others. And is there anybody on in this audience who actually believes that all the wealthiest people in the world are more virtuous than you are? I don't think anybody believes that. So it reminded me of that so that somehow we can see that this has been a universal issue of how do we deal with the pain of other people without either feeling like we have to hurt ourselves and just have nothing ourselves so that we can reduce ourselves down to the pain of others or shutting ourselves off or getting angry to deflect it as um, as Elizabeth was saying. So now I'd like to invite on Lee from San Diego. This is Lee's first time calling in, I believe. Welcome, yes, it is. Lee. First time. Welcome, Lee, to Inside Out. Well, thank you so much. It's a real pleasure and a privilege to be on the call. Thank you. And uh, my best friend has Alzheimer's, and uh, she's had it for several years now. And it's 
it's really affected me. Uh, I've been very sad and uh, feeling her pain and sometimes doing the best I can. I'm, I'm her primary caregiver and doing mm-hmm. the best I can to whatever I can to do to help. And uh, recently uh, I found something that is effective, most effective, and that is to send her chi. Yes. And that seems to work better than anything I've tried. And, you know, I do meditation and prayer and many, many different modalities, spiritual modalities. And they help me to get grounded. But I found that when I'm grounded, if I send her chi, that seems to be most effective. I would love to comment on that, Lee. Uh, in my book, Living with Reality, which is a free down, a PDF file that you can get if you sign up for my newsletter, in uh, platform seven, I talk about the seven dirty secrets of the dark side. And when I talk about the dark side, I mean the uh, all the constellation of negative energies. And that could be fear or pain or anger or anything that's kind of gotten out of balance. I mean, all of these feelings have value and they are part of our humanity and, a, and, and they each have a purpose. But when they get out of balance and they start taking us over, then I would call that dark side energy. And in that section, I talk about the very same thing that you're bringing up, Lee, which is what do you do with the dark side is the first thing you do is send chi. Now, if you have something that's attacking you, you may have to use the absolute minimum amount of force necessary to stop someone from hurting you or hurting others. But also, what you're doing is when we get angry at people who are hurting us, or who are hurting. As you know, when Elizabeth, when she was talking and we talked about how that pain can turn into anger, what we do is we separate ourselves from the other. And by sending chi, we are actually bringing a positive energy in to balance that negative energy. And we're leaving the person, instead of leaving them alone with their pain, we're actually giving them something to help them to deal with their pain. So undoubtedly, Lee, one of the things that you're doing to help your friend is that when you're sending her chi and she does have the sensitivity and the awareness to pick it up, by the way, which you may know or you may not know, um, she is picking it up. She doesn't feel as alone because she feels there's someone there and it's on that non-cognitive level where she can still experience profoundly. So sending chi to someone can, if they're open, help to change their feeling state. And yet it isn't coming from our egos where we are sitting there saying, I know what this person needs. They need X or Y or Z. And we may not know. Sometimes we do know the person's hungry and they need food, (laughs) right? You know, I don't mean that we should be stupid about these things. But it is also true that we so often have no idea how to help someone. And sending chi means that we allow that beneficial spiritual energy of chi to go to that person without us trying to direct it from our egos, which really don't know what to do. And so that energy, the chi has its own intelligence and it 
will give her something that she needs, even if it's only for a moment, even if it's a sense of relief, and if it's only a sense of, I am not alone, there is someone who cares. And the other thing that happens when you send chi, Lee, is that you change, because instead of focusing on the pain, you are focusing on giving of chi. And that, of course, is the beginning of our understanding of how to deal with the pain of the world, which, of course, I knew we would get if we started talking and <laughs> I could connect to higher consciousness. <laughs> because, of course, I know this, but why don't I remember this when I really need to remember, is that when I am feeling the world's pain, I am a receiving mode. My receptors are out for what's happening in my world and how do I need to be protecting myself from it. And then when I feel this discomfort, I will shut down. But what the answer always is, and I believe that this is true, I mean, in my heart it feels right, is that we reverse the direction of the energy from coming into me to going out of me. And so when I remember and when I haven't gotten overwhelmed by my ego that's trying to tell me to do something else, something more dramatic or something more spectacular or something more defensive, I start to send the chi and the direction of the energy is going outward. And then the universe will begin to bring a healing and healthy and positive energy into me in order to send it out to someone else. So if somebody comes into my house with a machine gun and I can slip out the door, I probably should. But if there's nothing else that I can do, uh, you know, and even in that moment, I could be sending chi to the person who's got that machine gun because after all, that person is being completely dominated by their, their dark side energy. And so in that moment, when I send them chi, they are not alone with their dark side energy, but I am not receiving that dark side energy like a sponge. So the first thing that I would like to do is to reinforce what you're doing and to explain to our audience uh, why that is so effective and how that is so much the way that we need to start thinking about dealing with the world's pain is to start giving. And sometimes the giving is I am supposed to give someone food. They are in pain because they're hungry and I have food and I'm meant to give it to them because I check in with source and I'm being guided to do that. Now, I can't give food to every hungry person on the planet because I don't have it, nor could I reach them with it. But I do need to ask, am I supposed to do this now? And that would be, that answer has to come from higher consciousness because from my smaller self, I really don't know what the right thing is. Perhaps I need to keep that food for myself so that I can do inside out that afternoon. Or perhaps it is something that that person needs to experience because perhaps they are drug addicted and they are not taking care of themselves and they need that experience. But it's that decision does not come from me and my narrow perspective and from my ego that thinks it has answers for the world. So I may sometimes be giving, but then that's also energy flowing outward. That is, I am giving the food, I am sending the chi, 
I am doing. And there are so many different ways that we can do that. So it is not wrong to be aware if someone is sending negative energy towards you that you may have to say, okay, I have an awareness now that person is sending energy towards me, negative energy towards me. I don't accept the premise that I am wrong here and I send them chi in response. And I would also like to say, and Lee, are you still with me on the phone? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I think the other thing that is always important to do is to ask yourself if any of your pain is being triggered by hers. And I would say that it is. And um, Absolutely. Okay. And so then the next valuable thing for you, which perhaps you haven't done as much, is to ask yourself, what exactly is being triggered in me? Is it I feel guilty towards her? Or is it that I'm identifying with her, that there is some loss? Or is there something else that I may not have even thought of that I see in her face that is triggering my pain? And in that moment, it is not her pain I'm feeling, but my own. By the way, there's something I'd like to add here, Beth. Yes. For those, for those listeners who are not clear what we mean by chi, I know you've referred oh, to it as you. spiritual energy. Thank but uh, I'm sure most people have heard of Tai Chi and Qi Gong. And this refers to uh, generating more life force uh, in one's energy field. And that if you put two hands together, you'll, see, you'll feel there's a cushion of energy there that's non-physical, that's invisible. It's that life force energy uh, around our physical bodies that we're referring to. And so when Beth talks about uh, bringing uh, energy in meditation, uh, bringing energy through, uh, you can literally quiet yourself and, and feel more of that subtle energy, and you can project that to another person. Uh, you, you've seen many people in uh, uh, religious situations hold up their hand and send a blessing through their palm. I uh, see pictures of Jesus doing that. That's transmitting chi as well. Uh, that's... That, that invisible life force energy that can be projected out to another person or kept in your own energy field for your own benefit. I'm very glad that you shared that, James, because it is so important for everyone to realize that they can channel chi. And it just becomes, you may not even feel it or know you're doing it, but if you hold your hand up and you ask the universe to channel this divine energy or this life force through you, it kind of is an automatic thing that you know how to do without even knowing that you know how to do it. So just to kind of sum up some of the comments that I've made to Lee and also to ask him if there's anything that he would like to add or anything that is unclear, it's a combination of A, becoming aware when someone is sending out a negative energy towards us, trying to hurt us, trying to make us feel guilty or whatever. Taking a look at is there some reason that I'm allowing them to hurt me or there's some reason I am feeling guilty, or is there some pain of mind that this is triggering? And beyond that, I turn this around and I start to transmit energy to the universe. The ultimate fact is that when we begin to become agents of the divine consciousness, which is exactly the same as what I was sharing with Corey, whereas we ask for the divine consciousness to guide us in what we do and including what you should be doing for your friend with Alzheimer's, that as we do that, it's always turning 
the whole picture around where instead of absorbing from other people, we're taking in something from the universe and passing it on. Yes, I want to thank you so much. Everything you said is absolutely perfect, and I've experienced that. And it's describing the situation that I've been going through just so clearly. And there is one thing I'd like to add, and that is that what I found is that when I, because I started sending a chi now, I find that I'm much more creative in finding ways to support her. That the ideas just come, and they're very effective. And, oh, wow. And, and that's a miracle. Wow. So you see what you're really bringing it together, Lee, with your question. The energy, the divine consciousness, that higher consciousness. It's like on this program, when I'm not quite sure what I'm going to say, when you call me and you ask for my help, something inside me turns on to the divine consciousness because I know that I don't know. And so when I do that, it starts flowing through and something will come out that either I have never thought of or that I had forgotten. The same thing happened with me. When I called in, I had no clue as to what I was going to talk about. I I knew that I was going to talk about my sensitivity to others' pain, but um, I I was a blank. and, And actually, in the past, that stopped me from calling in. But I now realize that uh, by just by calling in, it becomes clear, you know, by making a connection with you, it becomes clear what, what the topic needs to be. I love that. I love that. And I hope that you are able to uh, get the support to identify what exactly is getting triggered in you because that would be the, a beautiful piece to add to what you're already doing. Yes, thank you. I'm going to take a look at that. Thank you, Lee, for calling and do call again. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we are... Um, going to go to commercial break now. We have another caller on the line. Stick with us. Don't hang up. Uh, I'm very happy to take your call in a moment. But right now, let's go to commercial break. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. 
To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back to Inside Out. And now we have Chris in Vista. And thank you for hanging on this long. Beth, hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Welcome. Hey. Hi. Hi, James. Hello there. Great. Great discussion today. Thank you. I think so, too. It certainly has helped me calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, have a, I have two thoughts. One is that when you first started sharing about the topic, what came to me was um, the chapter in your book, Living with Reality, about feeling our right to exist, mm. that we're entitled to receive the beneficial energies that are meant mm. for us, mm-hmm. and all of that work that, um, you know, that you shared with us, all of us, through your book. Mm. And I Thank know you. It's available to other people, too. So, you know, what, what, what I was thinking about was, you know, being a middle child, raised in a family where there was a lot of busyness and... Um, you know, addiction and that sort of thing, and not everyone's needs were paid attention to, and how now, and now sometimes when I connect to some of the real tragedies happening in the world, like what's happening in Syria, you know, and even yeah. the tragedies in our own country, yeah. that I feel guilty about enjoying um, all, the, all the real wonderful things I have in my life. And so I don't even get the benefit of the chi that could come to me mm. feel guilty about it. I think that's a very important point. And I would love to invite people to get my book, Living with Reality. The introduction is called Ego Instinct and Evolution. And it talks about the genesis of the ego, where it comes from, why it does what it does. It's it, it really maps it out, I think, in 37 pages. Uh, you know, if you don't read any of the rest of the book, if you just read that, that could be helpful. And that has that section that Chris is referring to where we talk about the shame of existence and how we need to be willing to accept the beneficial energies destined for us because they can't help anyone else. And it occurs to me now to, uh, you know, based on what you were just sharing Chris, that um, to go back to Elizabeth, because Elizabeth was talking about being in a nursing home, and one of the things that she feels is, uh, and Elizabeth, I'm, I hope you don't mind that I'm talking about you, <laughs> but I, I think it's really great that this has come up, Chris, because I think it really helps to, to, to finish up that piece for Elizabeth, which is that um, if you do not stay in a sense of peace and well-being because of how healthy you are because you're going in there taking care of these people and you feel like you have to drop down to the level of pain that they have in order to not feel guilty, then who's going to take care of them? Nobody can take care of other people unless they're well. And so if a beneficial energy... And this, again, is divine guidance. 
it's just like I was asking, should this food, should I give this food away or do I need it because I'm going to be doing inside out and I can't do it if I'm hungry because I, my brain won't operate. Sometimes I need to be hungry because it's a good experience. But if I'm getting that I should eat this food, then if I don't eat it, then I cannot help you. The I have been told that in the New Testament, Jesus is purported to have said that it was okay to wash his feet with oil despite the poverty that, li- that existed in his time because the poor will always be with us. And I know that Jesus was not a cynical man. So what he meant by that is that the suffering of the world is always, is there, is a given. But I may need something in order to help that the world to come into a better place. The teacher it can only be a teacher because she or he has had an opportunity to go to school. If I say, well, my friends didn't go to school. I come from a poor family. None of my family went to school. None of my fellow gang members are going to school. Well, yes, and if you don't go to school, you won't have anything to teach. And I don't mean school necessarily as being the school that we're all in the classroom. I mean, school is life. And if we approach life as school and we do everything we can to educate ourselves as to how to alleviate suffering and bring ourselves in a more peaceful, quiet place, then we are actually using the beneficials that are destined for us because why are they destined for us? What can you do if that if that if I have food on my table and I starve myself, it won't go to the child in Mozambique, will it? It simply won't get eaten by me. There's beneficial energies that have my name on them. There's beneficial energies that have your name on them. These are the things that the universe is giving you for a reason. Sometimes that reason is for you to realize that you are completely self-absorbed and really and realize that only taking will never make you happy. One more diamond ring, one more trip to the Bahamas, uh, one more pair of designer pants. None of this is going to change you, heal you, or make you well. And so that can come to you not because you need the jeans or the diamond ring or the trip to the Bahamas, but for you to finally come to the realization that that is not feeding you, that that is not a beneficial energy, that what would benefit you is to go out this afternoon and help someone else feed the homeless, be kind to your child, be kind to your husband or wife, um, study intuitive counseling and become a counselor. Come to the Beth Green School of Intuitive Counseling and develop your skills to be able to help others. So many things. But if that beneficial energy is there for you to give, then you need to take it in. If you are given money, find out what it is for. I had an incredible experience very recently in renewing our radio program, since we do not have an external sponsor as of yet, then we have to sponsor our program. By the way, if you'd like to sponsor in, Inside Out, please do not hesitate to call. 
<laughs> but um, I was saying to James, I don't know where this money is coming from. And then it miraculously appeared within a few hours that I had to give up something I didn't need in order to receive something I did need. Now, that money was destined for me. It it was earmarked. It had Beth Green's name on it. and it, But it wasn't given to Beth Green for Beth Green. It was given to Beth Green for Inside Out for whatever it is that I and we together may be able to offer to our world through this radio program. So always, it's the divine guidance that tells us whether this resource is given to us to feed ourselves, if it's given to us for us to realize that we don't need it and that, in fact, it is harming us, or it's given to us to pass through to someone else, like the abundant chi that some of us are able to have and to channel. So how we deal with the world's pain is to, first of all, turn ourselves around, inside out, and upside down, and stop focusing on what I am receiving today, and focus on where am I supposed to give today. At the same time, I need to accept and be willing to be fed by the beneficial energies that are available to me. I would bet you, and I'm going to give myself this challenge, Chris and everybody else out there, my challenge is when I feel anxiety, which I do, and I feel that it could be coming from a source not within me, I am going to ask myself how my ego is turning my energy inside out or upside down so that I am receiving all of this anxiety rather than that my energy is turning towards moving outward and therefore inviting the universal life force that doesn't hurt me. And I'm going to watch myself all week and see if there's some way that I can, like you, begin to be less impacted energetically by other people's pain. Be informed by it. Oh, I need to know that James is in pain or my client is in pain or one of my callers is in pain. That's information. But that's all I need to have from that experience is that information. And then how can I immediately become more conscious about how my energy is flowing? Is my energy flowing outward? Am I therefore being fed by the universal energies that don't harm me? I've never been hurt by chi. Thank so, you, Beth. I, I have another different piece of this I'd like to bring up, if, if it's right. Absolutely. Well, I've noticed that as a, as a wife, um, I've been married twice, but I've been, you know, this time I've been married for almost 20 years, and as a mother, that I've had a habit of frequently rushing to want to fix uh, my husband or my son's pain. And yes. I've done this with my siblings, you know, with bosses, big time with bosses and employees people that report to me, but, but I really notice how much it's damaged my relationship with my husband and son 
mm-hmm. and how it's made them weak. And that mm-hmm. when I, you know, I really feel it with my son, but I, I feel it with both of them. Like when I rush to try to rescue my son from feeling any pain, because I can't stand, to, you know, it's so uncomfortable for me to feel his pain. I'm, I'm absolutely weakening him, and I'm not really teaching him a fundamental thing that I need to do, which is teach him how to process his emotions and respond to life on life's terms. Yes. And the strangest thing that happened in the past year with my husband, we were in a difficult situation. And uh, uh, Chris, I'm sorry, but yeah. we only have a few minutes left, and I oh, want to awesome. actually, yeah. uh, I would like to address what you brought up, because I think it's incredibly important and it really brings in another dimension of this. Who is feeling that pain that you can't stand? See, if we are all to practice this moment of, okay, I'm feeling his pain or I'm feeling this anxiety and let me turn my energy around, okay, this is information and let me turn my energy around and be be guided by the divine energy or have that energy flow through me. What's happening is that your ego is not in charge. What happens is that when we real feel other people's pain, our egos have an excuse to jump in and say, I know how to fix this. You are not coming from yourself. You are coming from your ego. That is why it's damaging. So your ego wants to show that it knows how to fix the problem. When you feel someone else's pain or just make note of it and then take a breath and do whatever your spiritual practices or somehow you tune into that divine energy and say, what is it that I am to do here? If anything, your ego does not have a hold and it doesn't have the agenda. It's the ego's agenda that hurts people and hurts you too. So I'm so glad that you called and that you brought that up because I think that's something that we all need to watch out for. So I hope that helped you, Chris. That's it. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Bye. Love you too. James, would you like to share with us what we're doing next week? Yes. Next week, our topic will be, why are we going back to war? Do we know what we're doing? Most everyone is sickened by the Islamic State, known as ISIS, and its gruesome actions. But do we have any idea what caused it or what to do about it? Do you? Are you up in arms, calling for action without knowing what will work? Or are you acquiescing to military action but trying not to think about it? Do you have more opinions than information? Do you feel upset and fearful of reprisals? Do you know the difference between Islam and the people who say they represent it? What are the causes of this kind of violence anyway? Does violence end violence? If you are ready to confront these questions, tune into our show. Once again, we will welcome Professor Jim Gelvin of UCLA, who will help us with the facts. And this time, we'll look at the statements and response of Muslims, responses to Islamic State, and responses to our own military actions. We may also have a last-minute guest. So tune in and be surprised. War is not a game. So let's take an hour to tone down the rhetoric and tune up our information and awareness. And now, a final word from Beth. I love what we talked about today, but and I also want to encourage you to tune into our show next week. Some of you don't want to talk anymore or listen anymore about is Islam and the Middle East, but we are at war. We are bombing people. <laughs> this is something we need to look at. I am very pleased that Jim uh, will be back with us. He 
he brought us information last time which confused many of us and enlightened some of us, and that was great. And I am working on possibly having another a guest uh, from the uh, from the Islamic world who will speak to us about their perspective. And if that doesn't happen this time, we will do this, and we have plenty of material that we can share. It's time for us to grow up and not have egoic reactions to the thing that fret that threaten us, and to try to find solutions that are going to help every one of us on this side of the border and on the other. So please come back and join me next week for Inside Out. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.